Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution and the Hemp Road Trip, informing people about industrial hemp and how it can be beneficial to people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products, boost the economy and business, people, planet, profit. My guest today is Joel Bettered here in Vermont. We stayed with Joel last night, the hemp road trip crew, and he was a gracious host. And his company is the Vermont Hemp Company. So welcome, Joel, to the iHemp Revolution and the Hemp Road Trip. Good morning, Coach Freddie. Thank you for having me here from beautiful Jericho Center, Vermont. Appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak with your audience, and I certainly enjoyed having you uh, as a guest in my in my home. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for having us. And and so, Joel, tell us about yourself and what your involvement with industrial hemp is. Sure, Coach. So we'd have to go back a little bit of a little bit of the ways. I'm about 48 years old right now, and my undergraduate research was in agriculture and agriculture and resource economics, plant and soil science, and uh, to a degree natural resources. For some time I worked in the natural resources field and also did graduate work in water quality management, water resources management. And uh, after, a, after a spell, about a decade of working in that field, I retrained myself into more of a corporate type of role and learned a lot of skills that uh, helped me out in the concepts of business, marketing, sales, and being able to talk with people at high levels of uh, of different organizations from Fortune 10 to Fortune 1000 companies. So I was given the opportunity several years back to start to refocus my next career move and elected to pursue hemp, but from a slightly different perspective. So I'm working with the state of Vermont and the University of Vermont in pursuit of hemp research into phytoremediation. And I know a lot of people do understand what phytoremediation is, but just to circle back around on it, it's the utilization of hemp or other plants uh, and their filter species capabilities, which allows them to pull contaminants out of the soil. Hemp, it seems, is a very, very good phytoremediation crop, and it occurred to me that it would be a good piece of the puzzle for the farmers of Vermont and eventually other parts of the nation, to potentially clean their soil of contaminants. And there have been a lot of studies in which heavy metals and radioisotopic toxins were successfully pulled out of the soil. Clearly, Chernobyl is one of the most famous references, and I know that there's been some work in Colorado on uh, reclaiming mine lands utilizing industrial hemp. However, here in Vermont, we have a different type of condition in which agricultural waste... Uh, specifically phosphorus and organophosphates, as well as nitrogen from dairy farms, is uh, leaching into the local watersheds. And as a result, Lake Champlain and the Lake Champlain Basin experiences uh, seasonal blue-green al algae blooms uh, and generally high nutrient loading entering into the watershed. And it is impacting the, the ecosystem to a significant degree. So... And I guess you could say that the the that's the cost of of the outstanding Vermont cheeses and 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 you know the Vermont beef and and ice cream and all the other dairy products for which Vermont and the Vermont label are famous. 
However, it occurred to me that utilizing hemp on these farms as either a buffer within the accept, agricultural accepted uh, practices, the AAPs, or simply replacing existing crops with industrial hemp would give the farmers an opportunity to replace a commodity crop such as feed corn or whatever else they're growing, soy, with a commodity crop that would be prohibiting or inhibiting nutrient flow into the watersheds, but also cleaning the existing soil. So that's pretty much what we're working on right now, and it draws from my background in agriculture, agricultural resource economics, and that I'm looking at it as a, a, a value crop to incentivize farmers to participate in this program, but also in water resources management where I'm looking to protect and or clean up the watersheds utilizing hemp. How's that sound, Coach? Oh, that's great. You, you have a great project ahead of you. Now, are you working currently uh, uh, on some projects right now? Absolutely. So I'm working with professors at University of Vermont's Gund Institute for Ecological Economics, as well as the Agriculture Extension Office. And we're looking to, uh, our project is multi-tiered and multi-year. And I say multi-tiered in that there are different approaches that we need to consider. One is identifying a valuable type of hemp that can grow successfully in the northern climates, uh, Lake Champlain Basin. Also, we're looking at crop densities based upon this. And then we're looking at deploying in different in different locations on, on different levels of contaminated soil. So it's a rather in-depth approach, and that's just the research aspect, because clearly commoditizing this is a large part, a secondary part of this entire project. Now, you're growing some hemp right now in, in Vermont yourself? Well, we, we have had crops, and we intend to have much much greater year in 2016 than the last, last two years, and... Uh, to say we're growing them at this moment, well, it's about 30 degrees out, so we're, we're looking forward to it, but uh, not quite yet. So, so come May, middle of May, uh, and even into June, we're currently scoping out to have as many as a dozen different cultivars at as many as 10 different locations and as many as 100 acres. So it's, uh, it's quite an investment, and we're primarily focusing on an organic approach and uh, – Staying away from from the heavy fertilizers and anything else that you know traditional agriculture would require. Okay, great. Now uh, I understand um, that there's a. In my past, I was a great beer drinker, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm interested in because I understand that you supply a few breweries here in the in uh, Vermont industrial hemp to, to brew. Hemp beer. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, that's, uh, you know, I don't want to stress that it's a gimmick so much as I'm taking advantage of what you could say is the zeitgeist in Vermont. And Vermont is known in the, the beer drinkers world and the, the Zimmergist world as one of the top states in the country for craft beer. Um, we have the highest highest per brewery per person in, in the country. And as, as we might have seen yesterday, you can pretty much find a brewery in every other town. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to take advantage of was the, the energy, the commitment to quality ingredients that exists in the craft beer realm here in the state of Vermont. So 
you know, I, I, I know someone who has a, a maltery. I know another person who has a ferment, fermentary and many of these individual brewers. So I had proposed to a number of them, hey, would you like to try brewing a beer with hemp? And I've received, uh, I've received a lot of interest and, in, you know, we're up to about five different breweries that have, uh, either have or are interested in, in effectively making hemp beer. So, and this is, you know, a lot of people do know, but many do not realize that humulus, the hop, is in the same family as cannabis, the family cannabasi. So they they do have commonness in terms of some of the flavors and, and terpens and, and whatnot. And uh, it translates quite well, and it seems to be uh, well-received by the beer-drinking community. Well, yes, uh, I would have been there the first ones, but... Uh, uh, since my uh, prohibition of beer myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyhow, um, Joel, let me ask you this. You know, how do you see the industrial hemp changing the economy here in the United States? First of all, in Vermont and in uh, the United, whole United States. It's a uh, that's that's a complex question. I see it as the potential to go a long way provided that a lot of the obstacles are cleared away. And when I say obstacles, I'm, I'm saying there's a, clearly a corporate interest in, in keeping hemp down, and there is certainly a governmental uh, obstacle in that they do not distinguish hemp and uh, recreational or medicinal cannabis. So as long as any cannabis is on Schedule One of the Controlled Substance Act, there are going to be problems. Uh, now that said, on the national level, We've got massive, massive pieces, tracts of land that we could literally stop subsidizing corn, grow hemp in its place, start to solve some of our oil dependency problems, our, our energy problems, fiber. I mean, clearly we've all seen some of some of the numbers where one acre of one year's worth of hemp produces as much fiber as four acres of 20-year-old trees. And that's just ludicrous that we would continue to, you know, harvest these trees that took 20 years to grow and we can just plant one acre of hemp every year. And so, I mean, on a grand scale, on a national scale, it I believe it has legs to go a long way. Now, the second half of that question would be, how do I see it happening in Vermont? And it's a little bit of a different reality because Vermont is an agricultural state, uh, as, as, you know, historically New Hampshire and Maine and Massachusetts have been. Uh, all the way back to the colonies, but we're smaller farms. And for me, farming in Vermont or setting up farmers in Vermont, it's more about the Vermont label. For example, if you walk into a supermarket in Texas and you have a choice of uh, cheese or ice cream from Vermont or cheese or ice cream from Kansas, more than likely you're going to grab the Vermont, Vermont label product. So Vermont's agricultural label carries a lot of panache, if you will. And I'm looking to take advantage of that and facilitate our farmers in pushing another marketable commodity onto the sh- onto the shelves. That Vermont label is gold, and I really think even at a small scale, hemp can succeed, even on 5 to 20 acre farms. So, that's, you know, it remains to be seen, I guess, but I like the direction everything's going in. Yes, yes, and that's what the... Uh hemp road trip is about is to take uh, industrial hemp off the schedule one list of narcotics and so that 
everyone in the United States can grow as much hemp as they want. It's a uh, it's certainly something to look forward to, and and I, I do believe that uh, the wheels are turning in that direction. Not as fast for some people, but you know it's it is positive, and I do see the, the needle moving, even if it's uh, incremental. Um, one of the things that I, I look forward to is the adoption of uh, you know normal agricultural approaches to farming hemp in the United States, so that it doesn't become the wild west too much that you know, accepted international protocols and, and agricultural practices are are blended in here and that would, doesn't become a, hey, the U.S. can now grow hemp the heck with the rest of the world that's still been growing hemp for the past, you know, 80 years when we couldn't. So there are a lot of kinks to work out, and uh, hopefully I can be part of the solution to this. I look forward to that. Well, great, Joel. And, and I'm doing the same thing myself with my coaching. So, um how do you see your business? If you can project out three years, where do you see your business ideally? Uh, well, as my wife would say, uh, she wants there to be a empire here in Vermont. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be that far along by any stretch, but I, I see, again, incremental growth where I, I, have, I have negotiations in action right now such that we should be able to have small-scale processing and I like the look of something of a hybridized permaculture approach and or collective and collectivism. Uh, here in Vermont, we have a lot of farm to table and food hub concepts, uh, which plays into the Vermont agricultural, uh, branding. So I, 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 I have something of a vision where we would have the equipment at one location that could serve multiple farms. And that is, Instead of having a combine that spends its entire life assembled on one farm, we could have the harvesting, the reaping, and the processing on a loader, on a loaner consideration where, hey, this guy, and, and I know it does happen with hay, haying, uh, you know, one guy will have his haying device and he will go to multiple farms, but in terms of with hemp, instead of everyone having their own infrastructure, we have a shared infrastructure. And, you know, I'd mentioned University of Vermont's food food hub program uh food hub management program and i see that as a potential for a hemp hub where all the equipment all the processing all the everything storage is in one location and when a farmer needs to dehull we've got a dehuller for him if he needs to pelletize we'll have that if he wants to go the fiber root decortication or chipping we'll have that available to him as well so you know that's kind of what i'm thinking about and i I don't think it's actually been done. So I don't want to say it's visionary, but the the pieces are certainly there to apply something like this. Well, that's that's great. That's a great vision. And and, and I know a few few other people, young guys, uh in their twenties actually that are thinking on that same line. And it's that's important to me. You know, like I said, I'm 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 getting up near fifty right now and, and truthfully I want to be able to make these things happen for the younger generations. They're the ones that are inheriting all of this. They're the ones that have the energy, the drive, and, and as you note, the vision to do these things. But if I can help pave the way, if I can help make it easier to facilitate these things, then, you know, that's a win-win for me. Yes. Uh, so uh, is there anything else that you would like to convey to our listeners here, Joel, yourself? Uh, probably nothing 
specific, more in the realm of just keep fighting and work together. Uh, that's that's been one of the challenges I've seen is you know, the the fact that we're recreating an industry that's been absent in the nation for near on 80 years, and that's being done through grassroots effort and not really been driven by industry. It's there are a lot of people with with a learning curve on how to do this, and um, I, I just say, you know, let's work together. Let's let's find the common ground and let's uh, let's support each other, regardless of whether we we differ on the finer points. We're all trying to work towards a, a, a stronger and a cleaner environment and new agricultural commodity. Uh, that's well, about it, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, uh, Joel. Thank you for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution here, and. Uh, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure you subscribe to the IHAP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on Facebook uh, forward slash IHAP Revolution. Tell your friends about the IHAP Road Trip on Twitter, Facebook. Visit HempRoadTrip.com. Support the revolution. Help spread the word about using industrial hemp and how It can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. People, planet, profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.